0: You're listening to Worthy. Welcome to Worthy, I'm Alexia Boland. Becoming a parent is one of the biggest life changes anyone can experience. Along with the anticipation and joy you feel becoming a parent, there are also many complicated feelings associated with this huge transition, including a sense of grief and loss. According to Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia, or PANDA, It's extremely common for new mothers and fathers to feel shocked, guilty and ashamed after experiencing feelings of grief and loss. The worst part, often, these feelings are hidden and not acknowledged or socially recognised. Now, two Australian women and mothers, Antoinette and Felicity, have taken a stand against suffering in silence and have put the wheels in motion to help other mothers who may experience postnatal depression, isolation or loneliness during one of the biggest transitions of their lives. Together with two app developers in the UK, Antoinette and Felicity have pioneered a new mother's movement, ensuring women can get connected and supported all through a free app known as Mush. Antoinette and Felicity met during one of the most difficult periods of their lives, and this is their story.
1: Basically, tongue-tie sort of affects the way that the child can actually attach to your breast and breastfeed, I guess, properly in inverted commas. So um, I think we both were very sleep deprived um, and had hungry children Uh, (laughs) because I think, because they're not feeding properly, they're not feeding really, so they're hungry. They've got a bit of an insatiable appetite. So yeah, yeah, we we were both in there and I may have um, sort of sized Felicity up and thought, gee, she looks like she's got it all together and she looks like a really friendly person. And I um, just went up to her and said, do you have a mother's group? Are you in a mother's group yet? And um, she said, yes, and this is where I'm going. I said, okay, I might ask to go to the same one.
2: Yeah, and um, so then when we saw each other at the mother's group, um, saw Antoinette getting out of the car, I'm like, oh, you. You're from the breastfeeding drop-in centre. Oh, I'm, I'm Felicity. Oh, oh, great. And then it was sort of from there.
1: Well, I, I basically had to admit that I had stalked her. Because I specifically requested to be in the same mother's group, so I said yes. I'm your stalker. I just thought we'd get along.
2: Um, You know, you've made it when you've got a stalker. Yeah, Yeah, I think he did say that. Yeah, yeah. So that
1: our our boys are 15 months and 14 months now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: And so, what was it about Felicity that kind of thought you thought that you wanted to be involved with her mother's group and not yours?
1: Um, well, I hadn't joined one yet, so I knew that. Um, I guess I just was looking for a connection already, um, and I think I must have overheard that she was having the tongue tie issues too. So I just thought, well, there's someone who sort of presents herself in a way um, that I do, which sounds, you know, it sounds very judgmental, but I guess the reality is we all do size each other up every day, um, and. Um, Yeah, so because we'd had the similar issue, I thought, well, that's a connection. There's something we've got in common. We can talk about that. And I guess that's what you're looking for in life, to connect with people and to have something that's in common. Um, Yeah, and she just, you know, was friendly. I I just took the punt. I thought, what have I got to lose? I'm not getting much sleep. I'm barely able to feed myself and shower every day and get outdoors, because that's the reality of having a newborn. Um, Why not try and make a friend?
0: And how many months in after you had your baby was this?
1: I, I reckon it might have been six weeks. I um, I think we diagnosed his tongue tie quite early on, so I think it might have been only six weeks. And I don't think you start mother's group until eight weeks. Is that right? Something like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's early on but not right at the beginning, which is sort of a funny thing that um, you sort of leave the hospital and you look at your partner or, and you say, they're letting us just leave with this human being. There's, <laughs> no, there's no checks. They've just made sure he, he's ours, but... That's it. They're like waving you goodbye. And you think, oh, oh. Now what do I do? Yeah, now? what do we do now? We get in the car and drive really slowly and we get home and that's it.
2: My family's all interstate in South Australia, so my closest people being my mum and my sisters were, you know, an eight-hour drive or an hour plane away. So whilst I was talking on the phone to them, um, I didn't have that you know, that person right there next to me. But then I had my um, my in-laws who were just around the corner, but I guess I didn't um, utilize them as best I could because of what was going on in my head at the time of thinking that I wasn't doing a good enough job or that they might think that I wasn't um, doing things right. And so I think that's probably where I missed out on an opportunity that was right there for me. I just didn't take it up. Um, but having worked in the city, not living in my area, for my whole life I've lived there for six years at the time but all of my friends and connections are are spread across the state and interstate I don't have lots of people just around the corner so for me and also growing up in a country area everyone knows each other you go to the supermarket you're going to bump into two or three people you know whereas um, here I could go for a walk down the street and have a coffee and the only interaction I would have would be asking for that coffee. So for me, I was really looking for um, a local person who I could just say, hey, are you free? Are you, you know, within five minutes of me? Because I think I've got a half an hour window now rather than trying to ring up my friend who's a half an hour drive away and then I know by the time I get there I'm going to feel stranded, I've got a screaming child, what do I do? So I was really looking for that close, quick connection of yeah I like coffee do you like coffee great let's have coffee
0: and we both have a baby let's you know let's get a coffee yeah (laughs) absolutely
2: yeah and and talk about things that weren't just about um the baby and poo and wee and how much sleep we did or didn't get it was nice to talk about some of the other real stuff too that you know I'm struggling because I'm not at work anymore and I feel forgotten and that sort of aspect was really really challenging for me and Felicity,
0: how soon after um, you had your little bubba that did you start to go? Oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling a bit disconnected. I'm feeling a bit isolated. I really want to, you know, have that support. Was it like quite immediate, or was it you know after everything kind of started to settle down and you're obviously you know working very hard to, as a new mum, you know, adjusting to this new life?
2: Yeah, um, it probably happened fairly quickly, I guess, because my husband had to go back to work after a week. Um, and so I felt completely by myself um, despite having all these wonderful supports around me Um, and I think it I sort of felt like I was doing okay but then we had the tongue tie we had almost everything go wrong that could possibly happen in our other um, life like minor things but still you know somebody ran over our letterbox had to get that replaced and then we were finishing off our renovations and then our shower flooded and then our toilet got blocked and oh it was just one thing after another and at that point I think I you know and then with the tongue tie and the breastfeeding wasn't going well and then I had a cracked nipple and that was so painful and then became anxious about feeding and yeah I think it all just sort of balled up and I think I had it in my head that if I survived the first six weeks some some wise person told me that it's the first six weeks if you can get through the first six weeks you'll be fine so I remember I got to the first six weeks and I thought well I've had a shower every day I've gotten dressed every day Um, I've left the house as in I've at least gone to the letterbox um, every day this is not getting any easier and I think that's when it all just suddenly snowballed and I really started to struggle and I thought this is too hard for me why did I leave a job I'm really good at to go and do this job that I'm obviously rubbish at that I can't resign and just give it away. I don't have any upcoming annual leave or a day off just to get some respite. So I think for me, that's when it all came about pretty quickly, I guess, and and then quite rapidly. Mm. And
0: those feelings, like you know, for anyone, um, for anyone to experience that, you know, must feel so confronting and difficult. But let alone, how mm-hmm. hard is it to actually tell someone that you're close to? I'm feeling this way. Like, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm stuck and I'm, I'm you know, panicking and I, I need help.
2: Yeah, that was incredibly hard because I thought that it was the normal part as well. People say, oh, you're, it's just your hormones. Your hormones are running crazy. It's breastfeeding. Breastfeeding does something to you. Um, all those sort of things were um, sort of coming at me in those ways. So I just thought, well, I've just got to keep on going because this is what everyone's doing. And then I yeah, thought, well, I better look presentable because this is just how it is so yeah I just tried to um pull it together and and just get on with it but um I struggled with the thought of not really feeling part of the the world anymore because I was stuck at home I felt like people at work would have forgotten me and forgotten my values I've been replaced there all that sort of thing Mm. yeah
0: and I suppose, um, did it make you realise how much, like, did you know what you needed at the time or were you just so overwhelmed? Did you know that I just need, you know, 10 minutes to speak to someone who's in the same boat to reassure me or, you know, like how did you know what you needed to feel better?
2: Um, I think I, I, I've always had a, a lot of really wonderful friends and I've been really, really blessed in that way. And I think not having those friends really close to me made me feel like I've got to I've got to realign my army or something like they were all too far away so I needed to find my local friends I guess um obviously I talked to my husband about it I talked to my family and I talked to talk to my existing friends but the reality is that every day you're pretty much at home um and most things you need to keep them relatively close so um it was difficult to be able to say or identify that but um I think I've also been lucky enough or unlucky enough in the past to know when I'm struggling and who my support crew are and to start touching base with them and I started to get some feedback from them like hang on have you connected with your mother's group oh no have you got someone else you've met um you know you don't sound like you so that was sort of how I started to to work from that point of view
0: and before you you know become a mum is there much discussion about you know, just so you know, you may feel this way, like a bit of a heads up or, you know, a general chat about, you know, is there like, I don't know, do, do, do local governments or state governments, is there any information about postnatal depression and, and the many forms it can come in? And, you know, it's not always extreme. It can be, you know, a variety of feelings. Or...
1: I know you're handed a whole pack of stuff when you have the baby and opening that envelope is just, it's on the bottom of the list <laughs> because you've got to get up you've got to have a shower, you've got to have some food and there's a human being that you are responsible for 24 hours a day and like Felicity said, there's no days off, you can't call in sick for the rest of your life and that's regardless of whether they're 18 or they're 7 or, you know, you're you're on duty for the rest, the rest of their lives. So um, I'm sure there's some information that may have been sent our way. You know, of course there was and we're, we're aware of Panda and, you know, all those organisations. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you were... It's 3am in the morning and you're up for the third time and it's dark because it's good to keep it dark so the child thinks it's still bedtime and your head is spinning with thoughts about how it's not going so well or why are we up again or I'm sure someone told me they're only meant to feed every four hours. Why am I up again after two? I can't rock him down to sleep. Oh, don't rock him because then you'll have to rock him every time you put him down to sleep. That's a bad routine. Do I put in the dummy? Do I not put in the dummy? And you're you're literally alone in a dark corner of your house, <laughs> dealing with this human, and um, you know and it's overwhelming. Yeah, and just your yeah thoughts. your thoughts, yeah, and you know yeah the hormones, the lack of sleep, and I think look, I didn't get full night's sleep until after 11 months. I I really genuinely think I got five full night's sleep in the 11 months. So um that really messes with your head and um I don't think people can understand unless they've had that sort of experience and you know people asking how little sleep or a lot of sleep that you got the night before was really painful discussion for me I basically started anyone who would want to have that discussion I would ignore it because I just knew it wasn't something I could talk about because I wasn't getting the sleep um yeah, so yeah, that, that information definitely exists and you're aware of them, but I think you're just so caught up in just trying to get the job done and your priority just automatically becomes this other person. Like you've brought this other person into the world and you are responsible for them and their welfare, like it takes care. Like they can't do anything without you. They're you know, they're a lump, basically, and they um, scream to let you know they're hungry, they scream when they're tired, they scream when they've got, you know, a dirty nappy. So there's just no time to open that envelope and have a coffee and put your feet up and to have a read of that flyer or whatever it is.
2: I was certainly aware of things like Raising Children Network and Panda and you made aware of all those sort of things but I didn't identify with those things and I thought no this is this is normal that's not that and so I think that was the gap for me that I didn't want to ring um, Parent Helpline or um, go online. I mean, I did at one point. I hopped on there and then I abandoned it thinking, well, what are they going to do in this instant right now? Uh, Someone on the phone's going to tell me I'll be okay. I don't believe them because this is so real and it's happening. So to meet someone who is in such a similar situation to yourself from the geography, like they're living in the same area so they know what resources are around, Um, they've got the same kind of thing happening at home you know child screaming for all those reasons and then just screaming because they can Um, and also having that level of intelligent conversation with someone to be able to say well you're going through it too we can't both be failing surely not like we're both we're both doing it hey our our kids are they're okay we're okay technically but we just might not feel that way so for me it was more about just finding someone else, a like-minded person who was in the same boat as me that I could identify with to normalise it all and just that was more of a calming influence on me to normalise it and not say, you've got a problem, these are how you deal with your problem and you will get better. I didn't really want to have a problem, I wanted to know that I was, I was doing it. And so, yeah, meeting Antoinette and some of the other girls in the area um, and certainly speaking to my sister on the phone interstate who was in, in the same boat and she was saying the same things like I'm going through this haven't connected with my mother's group um, my friends are in different stages with their children and things um, to know that we're all normal I think everyone wants to think they're normal and feel normal and feel part of the world that's I think what I found the most grounding was oh I'm I'm okay this is normal
1: And it's a huge transition, like I think what you said earlier about do people sort of talk about it or, it's like this this mystery that there's this threshold that you cross and I have a joke with this other friend of mine who, you know, was sort of like, I'll oh, wait till you're on the other side, bitch, like seriously. <laughs> like it'd be people who, you know, we're pregnant or we're thinking about getting pregnant and they'd be like, oh, and then it's going to be like this and I'm going to do that and And then I was on the other side. So I'd crossed over and I just sort of was like,
2: You got no idea. Sure.
1: You know, and you want to be really supportive because you're friends with this person. Like, these aren't necessarily strangers, but you're like, yeah, that sounds great. Give that a go. And yep, yep. And, you know, in the meantime, I'm getting like maybe three hours solid sleep, like in a block and you're just sort of nodding and saying that sounds fantastic and yep, I, I, yep, that hasn't worked for me but, you know, that's I'd give that a go and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I, I do think, um, so even I was doing even I'm guilty of sort of maybe not speaking the truth all the time but I think it depends who you're talking to and um, whether they want to hear it. And I mm. think the reality is you don't want to hear it because mm. if people heard all the gruesome details, people wouldn't do it. Mm. I really don't think people would do it and I think there's this... You know um yeah a bit of secrecy around it because you know and it's beautiful like we're, we're, we're talking about the sort of the, the difficult stuff here and of course it's a wonderful experience mm. and you'll never love someone as much as you love this other human being and every day you think we created you, like you were inside me and then you came out and you're adorable and <laughs> there's, I think there's this characteristic of me in you and all that sort of stuff. Like that's all the wonderful stuff and obviously that's why people do it and continue to do it because it's wonderful. But you know, it's also really hard and, and it's, it's a lot of pressure. And um, you know, you go from having your life a certain way and you do whatever you want, whenever you want You know, you go, I'm going to hop off to the gym and then I'm going to go and have a coffee and then I might have lunch there and then I might go home and feed the dog quickly before I do it. And it's just not like that anymore. It's just not like that. And I think when you go from being really successful in your life from, you know, having it under control and, um, you know, having your weekly catch up with your family and having the brunch there with that friend and the phone call with that friend there and then. You make that beautiful roast dinner on a Sunday and you read that book on the train. You know, all these things that are just, and you have a successful career. Like you work really hard and you get yourself to this place. So you go, I love this job. I'm really good at this job. I get told that I'm good. You know, I get results. I have a to do list and I cross that to do list off every day. I go love home a to do list. <laughs> feeling amazing. <laughs> and then you go to this place, which is your house. You know, you're, you're in your home for long periods of time um you might have text conversations with people or phone calls but often there's a missed call or a text because at that time the child is you know needs looking after or 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 you're going to take a nap because the child's sleeping so you're going to sleep because you haven't slept enough or you might make that cup of tea whatever it is and suddenly you know you're you're alone a long for long periods of time and you don't get feedback I think that's personally what I struggled with was the lack of control and I think the lack of um, you know sort of acknowledgement and and feedback so you know once my child started smiling I thought that was like the most incredible thing so I thought oh there's some feedback I'm doing the right thing he smiled you know (laughs) because you get used to um, you know being at, at work and doing a job and making a phone call and getting a result and then sending an email and whatever it is and um, yeah, I, I think that, that for me was sort of a, you know, a real challenge and the control aspect. And I'm not talking about like control freak. I'm just talking about like what I described, being able to say, I'm going to be here, I'll meet you for that coffee and then I'm going to go for that run or whatever it is. You just don't have that and you really have to relinquish that. And look, some people create routines with their children, but the reality is you have to just, your life is not what it was before and it works around this other person who you can't really communicate with. Because I don't have communication skills except for crying in the early days, and so that's yeah, that's a, a real challenge.
0: What about the first time um, you two got together and had one of these discussions that you really needed? Like, what was the feeling? Did you feel just really, I suppose, just relieved that you could have connect with someone else in exactly the same boat, you know, and and feel supported?
1: Yeah, I I remember um, and I don't know if this is the first time we had one of those conversations but there was um, the two of us and another girl who I felt like um, we were on the, the same page and I think we must have gotten there earlier than everyone else to the mothers group and one of us leaned in and said oh is this the breakout group? (laughs) <laughs> and I said, well, I can tell you ladies, if there's any breakout, this is it. This is all I'm... Two of you are the only two people I'd be interested in continuing to connect with. So it was sort of a relief to um, sort of acknowledge that we were on the same page and I felt a connection with these, these women. Um, and I guess by then I must have sort of... Got, we must have gotten past the point of knowing a bit about each other and, you know, what... Um, you know, we did before we were mothers. And I think that's what's really, when we talk about like-minded and connecting, it's about who was I before I had this human because, I, you know, I'm still Antoinette and I'm still me. I've just, you know, there's just this other person who's sort of like, you know, the um, navigating my life in a way. Um, yeah, so I'd felt a connection with these two and so I was like, yeah, this is it for me, guys. Like, if, if, if there is going to be a break-off group, I this is where I'd like to be with you two, you know, maybe we should have a catch-up and talk separately. Um, mm. That's all I can remember. I can't
2: remember. I remember a couple of um, different conversations I had with Antoinette and another couple of girls from the mothers group um, in isolation and I think all well, like, I can just picture is somebody as an outsider watching these two women talking with a pram and one of them would be sort of leaning in going, and the other one leaning back going, me too. and it just felt like it was this back and forth of oh my god oh my god yeah me too and that sudden relief you know that coming across in the body language of those shoulders sort of dropping out of that tense mode and the face sort of relaxing and oh somebody understands me I'm not alone that was I think what I remember more in in conversations with Antoinette um, particularly around the tongue tie and um, our boys not sleeping I felt like my son was on European time for a while because he would sleep most of the day and be up all night and I thought I'd done that wrong. And just to be able to talk to someone else and it was literally the blah, 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 blah. me too. You just suddenly thought, oh, good. I'm not the only one. This is going to be okay.
0: (laughs) And when did this next step come about where you thought, okay, uh, we're helping each other. Let's help other women in the same position
2: we were walking along the beach and that all sounds so romantic. lovely and romantic That's lovely <laughs> so we were walking pushing the- prams <laughs> you can leave that bit we were walking along the beach and no and with our prams and i think we started just to say that it, gosh it's ridiculous that um, these mothers groups are just based on where you happen to be living at the time and what time of year you've had a baby because i think i was Um, talking about someone who we ended up both sort of knowing in common through the gym for you, Antoinette, and for me through my husband's friend from football, something like that, um, that um, her mother's group experience had been quite good, but we thought, well, why weren't we in her mother's group because we get along with her really well and it's because her child was born, you know, what, two months or three months later. And, gee, what an opportunity to have missed out on um, getting to know um, other girls. So I think then we sort of said, well, if there's, um, you know, dating websites and um, there's Tinder, why isn't there something like that for mothers group? And then Antoinette's magic words, we should make an app.
1: (laughs) I can't even (laughs) remember saying that. I may have used Tinder for mums. Yeah, we were talking about Tinder for mums and... um, (laughs) So we sort of it was this sort of thing we chuckled about. And then I think Felicity was much more serious than I was for quite some time. And she kept saying, no, I'd really like to do this. And I'd like to do this with you. And I said, oh, are you sure? Like, really? <laughs> do you really <laughs> want to do this? And I sort of was putting it off for a little bit. And then um, then we just sort of went for it. And we just thought, well um why not we'll give it a go i thought what a great little project because i got so (laughs) much time on my hands
0: um wonder women yeah
1: (laughs) so we did we just sort of went about it and we i think what i'd suggested was that well let's just confirm that there is a need for it let's we're not the only two people who think that this is a good idea and you know the three friends that we've asked um and so we you know put out a little survey and um we got like 100 responses within like four or five days and so that that over I thought wow it, it spread that quickly that people were willing to fill in a survey for free and all it was was a parents a survey for new parents um so yeah we got those responses and we sort of you know we're reading what people were saying and we're like yes that's right and um you know it even brought to light other issues that people were having like things we hadn't considered that why this would be useful and Basically, through the process of trying to develop a product, we met with a developer and um, she did some research more broadly because until then we couldn't really find anything that was just an app and specifically that was suitable for the Australian market. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of American online sort of chat groups and stuff, and yeah, the developer happened to find um, this app called um, Mush, and so we looked at it and we were like, "Oh, this is actually perfect!" Like even down to the branding and the way that it look like the way that it looks is really right and so we just thought well let's just drop them an email so we just said hi we're two melbourne mums and we want to help other mums find each other and make great you know friend local connections and maybe we could work with you and they're like yes we had this skype interview and they said we feel like we've found our australian counterparts you know you sound exactly like us and i think they just met in a park as well Mm. um a you know, similar sort of story where you meet these people randomly um, when you're sleep deprived and got a screaming child in a pram and um, yeah and so we took it from there and basically have been bringing this product to Australia and, and really outreaching to communities nationally to promote it and just let people know it exists.
0: And where, where are we at with it? Has it been launched? Is it successful? Are, are you, you know, Are you excited? There must be so
2: much going on. There is so much going on. Um, look, we're only two people who are, you know, working part-time jobs and still looking after our children and households and all that sort of stuff. Um, but within three months, I think they had 20,000 users in the UK. So we know that it can shoot off like that and certainly around um, in, around Australia it, it is taking off, which is really exciting. But the part that um, makes me so excited and so enthusiastic about it is hearing the stories of people who have connected and even just these new profiles that are coming on of somebody saying, I'm new to the area, I'd really like to get to know people or I'm free on Fridays, we like to go to the park. Um, it's just really quite heartwarming and I know um, two girls in Adelaide have connected using the, the app um, who had previously sort of met and then sort of um, crossed paths again through Mush and have now gone off on their own little... Um, like a date i guess (laughs) gone off to watch the football and gone out for coffee so they've had the the children with them on one occasion and without the children on another and just to be able to connect with somebody else who understands um where you're at in your life in that moment it's just such a wonderful thought and feeling and lots of other people who have contacted us saying i've just moved to another area and i want more people in my area to use this app because and almost everyone we've come across um, has said, oh, this is a great idea, yeah, definitely, I'll give it a go. So it's been fantastic. Mm.
0: Especially women in regional mm-hmm. and rural areas who you know, even um, the correct medical assistance and supports may not even be around. Does it give you a really good feeling in a country, especially like Australia, that has so many wide, you know, <laughs> wide and vast areas and corners that you could be helping someone who was in the exact same situation as you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully uh, basically the more people that hear about it and share about, you know, share that exi- that it exists, that's the success really because it's about finding local people. So, um, I guess that's why we're trying to spread the word as much as possible because you know, it's just a free thing. So, it's not it's, it's almost like a community service announcement is really what we're trying to bring <laughs> to people. Um, and look, people are really responsive and lovely and you know, cafes and things like that are you know helping us display postcards and um yeah that's what's really important just spreading the word really
0: and i suppose what would be your message to um you know um, women who are expecting or planning in the future or who have just um just given birth what kind of advice would you give to them knowing your experience and now this amazing tool that you have to help
2: um I would probably say don't be frightened after some of the, the harsh, harsher realities that we've shared. Don't be frightened. Um, it is wonderful. It's incredible. And they were words I found really, really hard to even hear, let alone believe earlier on. But there are so many different um, resources out there and they're all fantastic. But certainly from my point of view with Marsh, I think this is a really wonderful um more current way I guess to connect with your local like-minded people um, to feel like you're part of a community to feel like you're connected I was explaining to a friend this morning actually I I feel more grounded in my community because I've been more encouraged to go out and about spend more time outside spend more time um, at the parks or just even walking down the main street that I've now made connections with shopkeepers and I have a regular place that I'll pop in just to browse at the gift shop and they'll say hello and to me, they're all the beautiful, wonderful things about um, becoming a mum or becoming more embedded in my community and that's been incredible that it's not just limited, I guess, to being a mum. Um, it's more about connecting I think from a a larger community point of view because people don't just play out in the street anymore. People don't usually make friends with their neighbours and um, growing up in a country area, that's exactly what we did do. My neighbours, to this day, I still call them auntie and uncle, even though they're not. Um, But that's, I guess, these days we just don't operate like that in our local areas and a lot of us have requirements to move either because of rent or because of jobs or whatever that might be. And I could be facing moving um, house, moving state again in my life. And the thought of that is no longer terrifying because there's something like mush to say, well, this is a way I can get connected if I'm not playing sport or if I'm not always down at the local cafe or that sort of thing.
0: What about you, Antoinette?
2: I'd say a couple of things. I would say
1: it takes a village to raise a child. And you understand that once you have a child um and we may not have villages anymore like I think in the old days where um like what Felicity said you know your community and maybe your parents um live with you or like certain cultures still have that which is wonderful I understand all of that now and the attraction of that um so you've got to create a village if you don't have one um and friends can be a village Um, and local connections can be a village. And, you know, it takes a village to look after, you know, a mum and a dad or, you know, the parents of a child, whoever they are. So uh, I think that's really important and to use that village. Mm -hmm. So to call on people to say, I need to sleep for two hours, can you take the child for a walk or things like that. Um, The other thing that I used to say to myself that I would say to a new parent or if someone was expecting or or, um, planning is that time is transient and I used to remind myself of that to say that this would pass, mm-hmm. that, you know, time just keeps going on. So whether you, you know, loving a, a moment in your life, whether you're on a beach in Bali having the best time of your life or whether you're in the, the pits, um, time doesn't wait for anyone. It doesn't stand still. So um, this will pass. So remind yourself that this will pass. And um, so to, to live in that moment, whether it's like horrible or it's great, just to, yeah, to, to live in that moment and accept it. And I think to do things that make you feel empowered. I think we talked earlier about lo- losing that, that sense of loss of control and that your life is out of control all of a sudden and you know this little person is sort of taking the control and just throwing everything up in the you know up in the air. And that's fine. I think that's there's a lot to learn from losing that control, but I think do what you can to feel empowered. And I think something like Mush sort of does that for you because it could be 3am and you're doing that breastfeed and you just have to download and um, already you're doing something to make yourself feel connected with others. And then, you know, you go through this process of creating a profile. And what I love about it most is that it asks you about your life with baby. So it could be co-sleeping, breastfeeding, um, sensory play. But it asks you about you. And so it's career woman, chocoholic, sweary, um, mm-hmm. social media ad, social media addict and you're things like that so yeah it's, it's, and it actually distinguishes the two because they are separate in some ways even though you're still the same you're one person but you do have to compartmentalise things in your life I think sometimes when you are a parent um, I think that's how I managed to go and do a job three days a week and then do mush and be a parent is that you just sort of have to focus on what you're working on so yeah, I think the feeling empowered is really, really good at it. You can, you know, sift through profiles and, you know, in the middle of the night and, and read other people's stories because um, there is a chance to write a bit about yourself and um, see whether someone sort of sounds great to you and whether you want to meet them and that's taking control I think and sort of saying yep okay I'm going to get out the door tomorrow and meet that person for a coffee or tomorrow I'm going to look at mush and see who is free to play and then I'm going to approach someone and say let's meet up so I think that's important to feel sort of empowered um, when you feel very disempowered I think at the time.
2: And I'll just um, add on that where you said about you know time being transient that's almost something that became my motto through my um mothering journey from feeling like I wasn't coping to today is the stay in the moment that um, I've now found myself with friends on occasions and just said oh my gosh guys how good is this no one's crying as in none of us are crying the babies aren't crying this is amazing like we're doing it where you know 12 months ago I probably would have been so focused on the fact that when is he next to you for a feed and what have I done and I forgot to pack that in my nappy bag and but now learning to stop and stay in the moment helped me to accept whatever was happening even if it was I thought the world was ending is this this will pass and there'll come a time when I feel okay to do that next step so that reaching out to connect with someone it might not be okay to do that right now or today or next week but when that moment comes just to be in that moment and and let it happen
0: That's it for Worthy this week. If you or someone you know is experiencing a difficult time, you can reach out to your relevant help services in your country. If you're in Australia, please contact Lifeline or Panda. Don't forget you can download the extremely popular new app, Mush, on iTunes for free or visit the Mush website at letsmush.com. And, of course, a very, very big thank you to Antoinette and Felicity for sharing their story so honestly. I'm Alexia Boland. Tune in next time.